This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Home Saturday, dear listeners. Welcome to Saturday News number 898. And today we'll be hearing a discussion that took place in Prasanthi on the topic of how to deal with stress. and it is presented by brother amay and bishu of prasanthi as you know they are ex students so i am gulab bilimoria and i offer my most loving and humble pranams at lotus feet of abhilabhan bhagwan sri satya sai baba so before we uh, get into this thing maybe we should hear one uh, ganesh bhajan but there are some tips that i would like to share with you uh, for example the tips are go to bed on time get up on time so you can start the day unrushed start the day with a prayer smile simplify and unclutter your life say no to projects that won't fit into your time schedule or that will compromise your peace of mind allow extra time to do things and to get to places pace yourself spread out big changes and difficult projects over time don't lump the hard things all together delegate tasks to to capable others less is more although one is often not enough two are often too many take one day at a time and finally spread worries from concerns if a situation is a concern find out what baba would have you to do then let go of the anxiety if you feel you cannot do anything about a situation forget it Okay, let's get into it. Uh, as I said before, let's hear uh, Ganesh Bhajan, and then we'll and then we'll hear from uh, Brother Ame and Bishu on the topic of how to deal with stress.
offering our loving and prayerful salutations at the lotus feet of beloved Bhagwan. Welcome all of you dear viewers to this first satsang from the Sri Satyasai Media Center. By Bhagwan's grace, joining us today is brother Ame Deshpande from the Sri Satyasai Center for Human Values. The 2019 Global Emotions Report released a very interesting statistics. They said that one out of every three person in the world is going through extreme stress. This is published by Gallup, the American Analytics and Advisory Committee. And when we read this information and when we tried to see what is the stress level in the world, what we found is if you search for the top 10 most stressed countries in the world, you find that this list is a mix of countries which are affluent, which are absolutely developed in the sense that they have a high standard of life. Also, it includes countries which are not so economically progressed. So, it is a mix of countries which are developed as well as countries which are underdeveloped and countries which are developing. So, this is a problem which is there everywhere in the world and if we come to India, the 2019 Cigna 360 wellness survey says that 82% of people in India are undergoing some stress or the other, be it job related stress, be it related to health, related to finances and so on. And what they also found is stress is today one of the top health concerns among teenagers. And if you see in the recent times, our battle for COVID has only made the situation even worse. Everybody is going through some level of stress or the other. Somebody is struggling through severe stress. Someone else is grappling through moderate stress. But stress is a pandemic today that all of us are dealing with. And we thought maybe it is a good time to focus on how to deal with this based on what Swami has beautifully explained and given the solutions to us in his numerous discourses and see how we can make our lives easier and happier. And what better place to be discussing this from than Prashanti Nilayam, the abode of supreme peace. Yes, absolutely. In fact, in the very first Satyasai Speaks, Volume 1, in one of the most beautiful discourses, Swami says that I have come to alleviate each and every one of you from this moment of stress to a place of serenity and equanimity. And so the one who can bestow upon us the ultimate peace, let us hear and let us discuss what are his tips and how we can enrich our own lives from, from being a stressful one to being a peaceful one. So how to move from Ashanti to Prashanti? To Prashanti. 
That's and it. we are so happy to be doing this from, as Brother Amir said, Prashant Nilayam. So, can I begin with a story, Prashant? Amir? Definitely. So, there is the story of a farmer. Now, this farmer was a very simple, contented man. He had a little piece of land and every morning he would go to the fields and um, he would do his cultivation and uh, by the time he would come back, you know, it would be late in the afternoon. So, his schedule was wherein he was in tune with nature, you know, get up very early before dawn and uh, sleep very early. As the sun sets, you know, he is also uh, uh, resting. So, dawn till dusk. So, early morning when he would get up, he would help his wife, you know, together they would do the chores of the house and his wife would prepare a little meal for him which he would take because he goes very early, so something to eat mid-morning time and so he would finish his work and by the time he uh, completed uh, his work in the ground, in the fields, he would come back per perhaps 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock and he would bring some produce, whatever he has cultivated and the children would be waiting for the father uh, to come because he had these two children who would have gone to the school, they will come back and together they would have a meal and uh, he will ask the children, what did you study in the school today, how was the day and it was a very nice, as they say, you know, the family that uh, eats together and prays together, lives together, it was that kind of a beautiful uh, setting. And after that, he would rest for a while, then he would go to the market in the evening, sell his produce and then whatever he would get, you know, he would share with his wife and children and night they would again eat together, have a lovely dinner and then he would tell stories. That would be the time where the children would be waiting for the father because they were a very devout couple. So, he would tell them stories from the scriptures, story of Markandeya, Dhruva, Prahlada and the children would sleep listening to these beautiful stories and the father and the mother would be waiting for the dawn to get up again before dawn and start their day. And so, every day when he went to the fields, there was a song in his heart, there was this beautiful hum uh, on his lips and he was a picture of joy. And one day when he was going to the fields, so another person meets him and says, his name was Shambhu, uh, this farmer, says, Shambhu, how are you so happy? I mean, every day you come for work and you are like full of elation. What is the secret? And Shambhu says, well, there's no big secret. You know, I just come cultivate the field and whatever I earn, I share it with my family. Actually, my wife and children are my inspiration because whatever I get, my children and my wife, they are very happy. They are happy, so I am happy. So, what is the reason to have any worry or anxiety? So, I am I'm always happy. And uh, the man said, yeah, this is very interesting. But So, you are all the time happy. He said, yeah, I am happy. And it continued like that for many days. Until one day, when Shambhu woke up and he found at the footstep of his house a bag. And it looked very interesting, so he went closer and uh, he saw the bag and as he peeped, he saw that it was gold. So, he got the bag inside and the whole family now excitedly 
wanted to see the bag and they to the amazement they see that it is gold it is gold coins and the children and the wife they together they want to count the gold coins and as they count they they find that it is 50 60 70 80 they're so excited 80 gold coin 90 gold coin and as they count they find that there are more than 95 gold coins as they count it is 99 gold coins and the children are waiting probably it will be 100 but it just stops there it is not 100 and everybody is like disappointed like it's just 99 and they think the wife says no 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 it must be 100 just check the bag check the front yard you know the person who left this you know it's god's grace that he has given us but definitely you know he would have uh, given us one more so they all check and it is it is not there one more is not there and the wife says you know what we should have that one extra that one one gold coin is missing once we have that you know we will be as good as that merchant on the high street you know he they say he has uh, 100 gold coins we also have 100 gold coins and shambhu says yes i have to get this you know i have to earn this one more gold coin and so that day he wakes up early he goes to the fields he finishes his work and he goes 2 kilometers away to a factory to see if he can get an additional job there he gets the evening late evening job there and from that day you know he is in a hurry because he finishes the work in the fields sells the produce comes back freshens up goes to the factory and it was after that just hurry worry curry as some says and the person who had used to always admire looking at shambhu and say that shambhu wow you are a picture of peace now he says shambhu what happened you know that that song in the heart is no more there that smile in the lips is no more there and ame what has ha- actually happened is the smiling shambhu has become now a stressed shambhu and he has become a member of what they call the 99 club <laughs> isn't it <laughs> doesn't it all uh, sound too familiar absolutely sounds a bit like all our lives yes. uh, when that shambhu is being described yes. over here So let's try and analyze this uh, this beautiful story. So in the beginning you have a Shambhu who is absolutely content with whatever he has. And then comes the real turning point in his life uh, towards I you know sorry to say but the the sad part of his life which is the ni- a bag of 99 coins. And a person who thought that everything was fine is in fact become richer and more well off now. and in spite of becoming more well off he is more stressed why because he is asking the question to himself is there more to life than what i have right after earning a 99 gold coins he is wondering is there a little more to life which is that one missing gold coin right so that's the second step so a, a good man a, a satisfied man becomes a, a doubting man now because of the doubt of this one missing coin and the now this one missing coin has put the seed of desire in that doubting mind doubt now this, that what i have is not enough exactly which is is does life have more to give me correct right the pursuit of that elusive one uh, gold coin has now put in this desire to actually go in for that yes and it is this desire which is led you know it is that striving to get that elusive utopian yes. gold coin yes. which has now led him to be more stressful so very quickly to analyze a content man gets the bag of 99 has the doubt sowed in his mind because of that one missing coin that one missing coin has now led to the desire and that desire has led to stress 
Absolutely. In fact, you know, as you analyze the sequence, you know, I'm reminded of what Bhagwan himself said, you know, way back in uh, his discourse, 28 September 1990. Swami says, the six enemies are derivations of the first one, namely Kama. Kama, Krodha, Lobha, Moha, Madhamatsarya, which Swami always talks about. Swami says, it starts with desire. Desire leads to expectation. Expectation related to the senses. Yes. And this expectation, when they are not realized, they lead to disappointment. The disappointment leads to anger. Anger leads to lo losing our discrimination losing our intellect and slowly everything is lost. Exactly. In fact, what Swami has uh, pointed over here is exactly what he himself said in the battle of Kurukshetra. In possibly, I would, I would consider this as the most logical and scientific explanations of why we have stress in our lives. In chapter 2 of the Bhagavad Gita, in the verse 62 and 63, Probably the most beautiful um, synthesis of the human problem. So the Lord says, Dhyayato vishahan punsaha sangasteshu pajayate sangat sanjayate kamaha kamaha krodho bijayate krodhat bhavati sammoha sammoha smriti vibramaha smriti bhamsha buddhinasho buddhinashat pranashyati. And that is exactly what Swami is referring in this particular quote. Absolutely. I mean, so if, if you see, there was this incompleteness which Bhagavan has so beautifully explained and that led to some disequilibrium, isn't it? Yes, that's right. So what has really happened is this desire, it has the ability to create a disequilibrium. And what is stress? Stress is nothing but lack of equilibrium. Right? In, in many ways, uh, look at our own, either it is pulse or whether our heartbeat or whether our uh, breathing, the way we breathe, um, our temperature, our sugar levels, everything is all about balance. And what do we consider as stress? We consider as stress anything which is away from what should be the ideal, right? Yes. So the moment our heartbeat starts to get a little more, we are stressed. Correct. The moment our blood pressure goes up, it is stress. Yes. So it is the lack of equilibrium or balance in our life that we can consider as stress. And the problem with us, as the way the Lord mentions, so Swami and Lord Krishna also says, is that the problem is we are looking for the satisfaction or now we all want equilibrium, right? So we have moved from a state of we want to move from a state of disequilibrium back to equilibrium and we believe that this equilibrium is going to be you know besought from the world right dhyayato vishayan punsa vishayan means the object the outside external object which is in the world and that is what is you know leads to all of the rest of the things why so let's have a look why is it that the world cannot provide me with that kind of equilibrium so, the following are some of the thoughts that you can maybe consider of the characteristics of this world. Number one, it's, it's a concept that we all who have studied Economics 101, you can yeah. call it, mm -hmm. which is the law of diminishing marginal utility. So, what does this law say? That with the consumption of every subsequent unit, the amount of joy or satisfaction you will get keeps on reducing. Reducing. Very simple example. I think the best gulab jamuns in Prashanti Nilayam <laughs> can be found in North Indian canteens yes. <laughs> without a doubt. I think all of us will agree. Yes. 
So we love gulab jamun. So we go and we pop in the first gulab jamun into our mouth, and wow, it's beautiful. And so we want, we take a second, and we take a third, and we take a fourth. And probably by the time, depending upon our appetite, we, by the time you reach the fifth or the sixth, the amount of joy that the first and the second gulab jamun gave, the curve starts to dip. Yes. Right. So that is what is called as the law of diminishing marginal utility. That the world has this ability to first give you some amount of joy, but the more and more you consume, the lesser and lesser joy it starts to give. Absolutely. Right. So this is this is one of the problems of the the world. Yes. The second is we are looking for infinite happiness. Is that right? Yes. Uh, there are no end to our desires. Permanent peace. <laughs> we want permanent, everlasting, yes. and you know, like the max. Yeah. You know, mera dil mangi more. That kind of. Now, while the 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 mind and all of us, we are seeking this uh, this maximum happiness, this infinite happiness. We are seeking it from a finite source. Yes. The earth and all our nature is is definitely finite. For example, it is said. I'll give you another uh, statistic over here, that if all of us were to live the most prosperous lives ever, mm. in the sense that we all have all the basic amenities and there is everything possible that you know that the human life can enjoy, if all of us were to have that, all the seven billion of us were to have that, do you know? that one earth will not be sufficient to satisfy all our desires we if everybody wants to lead that high standard of life the high standard of life which is you know usually it's called in quotes the american dream mm -hmm. if everybody wanted to live the american life or the mm -hmm. american dream mm -hmm. we will require the resources of four earths oh not God. one earth Absolutely. right so it's the and we don't have four earths yeah. we're not going to be having four earths for at least the <laughs> you know the the uh, the foreseeable future <laughs> and so that pretty much uh, it tells us that you have you are looking for infinite mm -hmm. peace mm -hmm. in a finite place absolutely in fact as you say this i mean um, i am really reminded of how bhagwan very often right from you know the 50s and 60s used to stress on ceiling on desires that's right you know and we used to always say this cod to god you know if you want god you the have royal to, path yeah the royal path you have to practice uh, cod ceiling on desires you know and i remember there's this group of youngsters who went to this restaurant and they ordered um, food and they had a very nice time and as they finished the food um, they got the bill and um, uh, they paid the money and as they were walking out suddenly the manager came running and he said oh, sorry um, i cannot let you go you have to pay this penalty said why he said no you have left some food on the table he said so so what you know we have paid <laughs> we have paid for all the food uh, that we ordered what's the problem and the manager says you paid to eat all the food not to waste the food because uh, i guess what you have wasted is not your resource it's the community's resource yes right absolutely so i think i feel that was you know something to really think about when we use the resources around us and absolutely. i remember uh, when uh, professor anil kumar in a conversation with bhagwan once uh, told swami swami uh, is modernization uh, not uh, using all these gadgets i mean that's how we understand uh, 
a modern lifestyle, isn't it? You have the AC, you have the high-speed trains, you have a very comfortable house with Wi-Fi and everything. I mean, that is what is a modern <laughs> lifestyle. True. And he said, Swami, is this not modernization? And Swami says, no, no, who told you this is modernization? This is not modernization. Swami said, modernization is limitation. To learn to live with less, that is what is modernization. In fact, how, how relevant that is, yeah. you know, the concept of minimalism today yes. is becoming probably the biggest fad in the world. Everybody okay. talks about minimalism and Swami yeah. spoke about that yeah. decades, <laughs> decades, decades back. Ago. When minimalistic living, as you said, that is what is modernization. And Swami says that that is how we should tune our lives. And today I feel as we look at the COVID uh, uh, pandemic and the way the nature is actually trying to <laughs> force us in a way into this, learn to live with less, learn to share what you have, learn to feel and care for the other. I think that's where, where we Absolutely. are moving now, isn't yes. it? So going back to that point, which is uh, that the, the law of diminishing marginal utility and that we are seeking to get infinite you know, happiness from a finite source. The another point about this world, which is very strange, is that the more and more you know, to, to just to maintain the same level of peace now, I need more and more of the same. What used to give me happiness before, now no more gives me happiness. And that is what leads to what is called as addiction. Right? All of the addictive substances is yeah. all about having more and more just to maintain myself there. Mm. So, you know, that, that is something which is absolutely dangerous. And that leads us to the fourth point, which is that whatever the world gives, the more and more it gives us, it is only going to harm us. It only leads to harm, right? Uh, anything in excess, and that's what Buddha says, yeah. the path, you know, the middle path of, of moderation, yes. the golden path of moderation. And so the world, the more and more you start consuming, the more and more it is going to cause us stress yes. because it is going to harm us. Yes. And finally, we have to depend. It is all the time constantly asking us to depend on something that we don't have. It is asking us to depend on the outside. So these are the five problems. If you start depending upon the world to give you peace, this is what is going to happen. I mean, what is temporary, you're asking what is temporary to give you what is permanent. That is not possible. It's just impossible, yes. And in fact, uh, Bhagwan himself has given the diagnosis for this. You know, you know, both of us have been speaking for half an hour trying to see why this stress, why this lack of peace. But if you see... Swami himself has given this formula and he's given it so sweetly, so beautifully. So, uh, I think we should uh, uh, listen to Bhagwan, isn't it, Amit? Absolutely. And so, this is, this is a beautiful clipping from a discourse given in Kodaikinal in 1991, uh, in which Swami, in fact, tells us how we can get this peace. What is the uh, exact solution to it? And having once heard it from Swami, let's dive deeper into what are, what are those points that Swami is telling us. So, let us listen with rapt attention to Bhagwan. Okay, dear listeners, we have come to the end of part one. So, next week we'll hear what Swami has to say or give us some points on how to get peace. Saram to you all. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.